to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com. Episode 210, Frontios. My name is John, and joining me as he does every time we try to put the TARDIS back together with the power of our minds is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm focusing very hard. <laughs> How are you, John? Hanging in there, my friend. Boy, I, I hear you. I think we're all just hanging on in there. I, I hear you. As we record, it is 8 p.m. on election eve, and so... You are listening to this in the future, in the future, where elections are either happening right now, or it's done, or the world is imploded, or I just don't know what to flip anymore. We'll find out. We we shall in the future because that is where you and I will spend the rest of our lives. Yes, we're at now. Now, yes, <laughs> not 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 then. Now, yes. What happened? Now it just passed. When it's a just we, now. We made a. We've opened the show and we've made a Criswell reference, <laughs> a Plan Nine from Outer Space reference, and and a Spaceballs reference. That's yeah. insane. Why not? What does the rest of this episode hold? Uh, a couple of more references, to say the least. To say the least. Um, so yeah, we we are both uh, hanging on in there. We're yep. doing we're doing okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else before we get to what makes us uh, happy this week. Halloween passed. Yeah. How was that? Was it just? Uh, it, it was pretty good, actually. We we did kind of a socially distant out in the front yard kind of thing, like we talked about doing, and and it actually went really well. Um, and it was kind of neat because you know our neighbors did the same thing, and a couple people across the street did the same thing, and so it, it actually was a bit more of a community than Halloween normally is, because Halloween normally you're inside, yeah. And people come to the door. Now we're all outside and we can see each other and we can interact more, even if we are distant from each other. So that actually was pretty cool. Right on. Uh, we just, you know, hung out. I played. Um, have you heard of the Friday the 13th game? Uh, nope. I'm I not surprised there is one, but I, I haven't heard of it. it. I didn't play it with Lauren. I played it with some of my video game friends. It's on uh, mm-hmm. the. It's on PlayStation 4 and I think other formats. It's basically 1v8. Uh, you you either play as Jason and you're trying to okay. murder uh, everyone in the camp, okay, okay, or you are a camp goer mm-hmm. and you are trying to not be brutally murdered by Jason. And wow. trust me, there are the brutal murders happening. Wow! And you can either just you have to escape by the calling the police and waiting for the police to come. Oh, and Jason has powers like he he can, and it's not just one Jason. It's you can be many of the Jasons from the uh, the franchise. Oh, good heavens! So it's a fun game. I think I got it for about twelve dollars, and I've gotten a lot of like very weird, entertaining nights out of it. Oh my! Okay, yeah. So that's what I did on Halloween. It was it was fun. Nice. No candy though. I wish we had more candy. Maybe, you know what? I am going shopping tomorrow. Maybe we'll get some we'll get some candy in this house. There you go. We, we there's. I will say, as someone who really shouldn't be having chocolate because of food allergies, right? Um, I there was a distinct lack of like fruity and or gummy candies. Strange, like 
very little that I can pilfer from the kids' baskets or elsewhere. Um, yeah, no, I, I need my gummy candies, and there's just not really any. Lots of chocolate, though. Well. Which uh, I guess I should be grateful for because, you know, the pandemic has not made me petite. Mm-hmm. Same, I think. Yeah, Honestly, I, I haven't checked. I mean, I I haven't worn proper pants in forever. <laughs> which is just like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, when I do laundry, I'm like, well, I don't need to do these. Yeah. Because I'm not going anywhere. Well, and I'm I'm still in shorts. Here it is, the beginning of November, and it was about 85 degrees today. Yeah, it's about, I think it might have been 90 today. I could be very Good wrong, but God. it was close. It was very hot today. I need some rain. I would love some rain. I know Henson would hate it, but I would enjoy some rain. That would be very, very nice. So let's uh, sure. let's talk about what, Taylor, what's making you happy this week? I know it's hard. It, it is actually, I mean, there, there are like, there's no one big thing that's making me happy. I mean, I hope that will be a different case next episode. Um, but I don't know, uh, music, you know, right um, listening to music, making some mixes, um, uh, tinkering on the bus, you know, a bunch of little things, the cats, obviously when they're right, right. rampaging through the bedroom in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm finding my, my happies where I can find them, no matter how small they are. There you go. Yeah. For what me, about you? for me, mine is like very random and I don't really know if it's making me happy. It's just kind of like a weird, cool thing. Uh, my neighbors across the way, they were in Canada for a little while because one of them was filming a television show. Wow. Number two on the call sheet, sir. Wow. They can probably hear me talking about them because they they share a wall with us. The studio wall. <laughs> oh, boy. Here. Oh, boy. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, how's it going? And, you know, we had both, I think, randomly opened our doors at the same time. And she says to me, do you want a hoverboard? What? I was like, huh? She's like, yeah, we know you guys took some of our uh, stuff we were getting rid of before. And we wanted to ask you if you if you wanted this hoverboard uh, before we put it in the um, in the in the lobby because the lobby is where people put stuff just for yeah for, up for grabs. And I was like, right. I was like, what? I like I was very confused. And they said, yeah, we're just you know we we it's in the closet. We don't use it. Maybe you guys would like it. And we I was like, yeah, sure. So I have a hoverboard now. Um, a very nice one. I I have not charged it yet or used it just because um, I don't have a helmet. So I kind of want to get a helmet before you, I try to ride a hoverboard because that's probably a good idea. And, you know, definitely stay close to it while it's charging, because I know at least some of them were bursting into flames for a while. Oh, geez. Didn't yeah. know that. You might want to just look up the model. I mean, maybe it's not the type that you have, but I remember some of them for a while were like, yeah, this this thing's on fire. Yikes. Well, this yeah. one, we we looked it up and it was sold out. So um, hopefully that's because people really like it and not because they had to take it off the market because it was exploding. <laughs> Either way, I got a free hoverboard. I'm yeah, pretty, there you go. Pretty jazzed about that. That's cool. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll ride it around. Whenever we get back to Gallifrey, <laughs> stand there and just do circles. Yeah, why not? All right. <laughs> so before we get to Frontios or Frontios or however it's pronounced, because honestly, Fritos, Fritos 
Fritos. Uh, Fritos, Lay's, potato chips. I'm pretty sure that they pronounced it like 18 different. Like I heard at least two different pronunciations in this. Okay, but I anyway, still say Frontios. Yeah, I mean that seems to be the the way. Frontios buries it's dead. Anyway, let's talk about some who <laughs> news here. This is the way. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, Sir Derek Jacoby and Paul McGann are teaming up for the latest release in the War Master Saga for Big Finish. Yeah, that's right. The Master and the Doctor are being forced to work together. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, and, this and, is um, some sweet cover art here. Yeah, isn't that cool? Very it cool. is. It is a swashbuckling new box set. Um, it is a single epic adventure told across four hour long episodes. Um, and and I have listened to some of the Warmaster uh, stories, and they, I mean, God, he does such a great job. Oh, I bet um, he he does he does this, you know, kindly old man that once you know he's kind of pushed to the right point, you know. It's. I know what it would look like to see the master turn and go. Okay, now I'm just going to be straight up evil. But but to hear it and to still recognize that moment is really cool. And he does an amazing job. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, it is available now. Uh, so if you guys need something to listen to, maybe 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 you just want to tune everything out on November third. Go get yourself some big finish. There you go. Um, because there is a lot to keep your mind occupied with. Yeah, absolutely. While everything else happens. Um, now, there is a very minor update uh, for the next Gallifrey one. Uh, not something I actually expected. Um, they are still uh, working with the LAX Marriott to um, Get the rooms that had been previously uh, reserved moved over to 2022, um, but they are still waiting to hear uh, when the 2022 Super Bowl is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but down at the very end of this announcement, they say, we may have some additional news soon regarding us marking the passage of next year's weekend without the convention, too. So stay tuned for that. Interesting. Marking, yeah. So, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I've, I've got the feeling I know that amongst us, we talked about, uh, you know, hopping on zoom or something and, and, uh, kind of just spending some time with each other because that's when we would be spending some time with each other in person. Yeah. Um, but it also sounds like the folks at Gallifrey one are having the idea of like, well, maybe, you know, maybe let's do a couple like little things for the fans. Yeah. We will see. And as soon as we know what that is, we will certainly bring it to you. And as I look over and I see, I see Tippy in the kitchen. I told them both. I said, you, you're welcome to come in and like <laughs> meow at me and make an appearance. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, they're around. They're just not terribly chatty tonight. Mm. Um, so new character option figures are coming later this month. Uh, we've talked about some of the different figure sets, uh, that character options has released. This one I'm excited for because it is either a set of 12 and Davros or it is ACE complete with the rocket launcher. 
Yes. And a Dalek from Remembrance of the Daleks. Very cool. Um, Peter Capaldi with the dark hair. Yes. What's that about? It's I don't know. I it, it didn't look like him at first, and then I kind of looked closer. I'm like, oh yeah, that that is that is twelve. Um, but perhaps perhaps the wisps of gray in his hair are just not as pronounced because you know when you shoot some of these product right things, yeah. there's a little bit of glare. Yeah, very. True. And you kind of lose some of that detail. But yes, I'm I'm certainly the one going for the Cole Hill school set. Yeah, man, that's great. That's very cool. Love it. Love it so much. So those come out, I believe it's the the 22nd of November. I thought that's what I had seen somewhere, but now right. I just see late November. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, the official North American Doctor Who store, Amazon, and the BBC shop in the U.S. This is not one of those things like some of the DVD releases where we will be waiting multiple months before seeing them. Ugh. That's okay. I know, right? Ugh. Just in time for Christmas. Um, hey, Children in Need is coming up. Yeah. And you know what that tends to mean. Doctor Who stuff. We get some Doctor Who stuff. This There is for sure going to be some Doctor Who stuff in Children in Need's 40th anniversary, no less. Oh, wow. This Friday, November 13th. All right. So we'll before, before our next episode. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. Taylor, which um, why can I not remember the name of the other? We watched the faceless ones. Why in the world can I not remember the name of the what, other? Fury, Fury, Fury from the deep. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to. I always want to keep it keep it close to me. Um, oh, that's the that's the faceless ones. I went. Oh, I can get this tomorrow. No, <laughs> we will. You know what? That's my goal. What? By the end of the year, we will have watched Fury. <laughs> From right. the deep. All right. Come hell or high water. Uh, probably high water being Fury from the deep. Hey. Uh, yeah. There we go. All right. All right. Well, um, uh, Malcolm Terrace, who was both in The Dominators, which we absolutely loved, Love and it. The Horns of Nymon, which we actually have not watched yet, uh, has passed away at the age of 79. Uh, well, I mean, very sad. The mm-hmm. Dominators, uh, near and dear. Oh, yes. To our hearts. Yes. Such a fun story that one is. Yes, and he will be missed. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and, and lastly, just, just dropping uh, today, as you were smart enough to be like, hey, Taylor, did you see this? And I was like, <laughs> see what? Um, uh, Stephen Moffat has, as a, a Lockdown Who extra, has released, what was it, his original uh, script or the original story uh, that, that yeah. became Blink? Right. Sally Sparrow and the Weeping Angel. Yeah, man. Uh, pretty excited to, to take a look at this. Yeah, definitely. We'll have a link to all this stuff in the show notes, obviously, and that is where I will go to probably give this a read tomorrow when I'm not wanting to think about anything else. There you go. Um, that said, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, November 3rd, and you are in America, and you for some reason haven't voted yet, go vote. Pause the show. Go vote or go listen to us in line. Either way, um, you really need to do it if you haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's all I'll say on that. No, I'll probably say more later. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, this week's Big Finish freebie is a Bernice Summerfield title. All right. Be sure to, to go in. It's got Cybermen involved. So I want to make sure to go in and unlock that so I could download it. I'll do that right now. 
Definitely. And while you're doing that, I want to take a minute uh, to congratulate our friends over at Gallifrey Public Radio on 400 episodes. 400? 400. They just, I think yesterday, maybe it was Saturday, dropped episode 400. Um, I, I made a point of calling in and leaving a voicemail uh, to congratulate them on four. I was actually the first voicemail they played in the episode. Oh, great. Uh, and, and so we, we basically have a, uh, a standing uh, appointment with the GPR crew for drinks at the next Gallifrey. Oh, great. So, yes. They were like, let us know what you want to drink, and <laughs> like, we'll just hang out. And Very drink cool. And, well, yes. I mean, 400 is, that is quite quite the accomplishment that oh it absolutely is congratulations to them i mean holy moly that is yeah that is insanity yeah and and i was i was incredible i have to say i was incredibly flattered because um they said that in terms of um bringing about the positivity uh with doctor who uh because that's that's one thing that they they always try to stay very positive um, about Doctor Who and and the fandom surrounding it is that Podcastica that we can go toe to toe with them on uh, positivity, oh. and I was I was incredibly wow. flattered by that. Incredibly I am also flattered. now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. we we love this show, and we do. And I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it's not great, but we still try to find the good stuff that's in there. Precisely. I mean, that's really all you should do with the show yeah, that you love. Exactly. What's the most critical we've ever been of this show? I'm trying to think of <sighs> if there's an, like, we even, like, we were like, sleep no more. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> that was the right. most I think we've ever. And that's, that's really, I think, kind of where, where we kind of put our benchmark is, yeah, we really didn't love sleep no more, but we talked about it in here's how we, we would have improved it. Yeah. You know, here's what we liked about it. Here's what we would have played up more. Um, I mean, even uh, even the faceless ones. Yeah. You know, it, it we weren't bowled over by that episode, but we focused on the things that we really did like about it. Yeah. You know, and, and that is kind of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we got to. I don't think we would have <laughs> lasted this long if we. No, full I don't steam. think so. But there's nothing. I, I feel like sorry. I feel like there's nothing that we've ever just been like. This is the end. You know what? I do remember we were pretty mad initially when they turned Bill into a Cyberman. Yes, that that is true. But uh, I think we we figured that out too. You see, there you go. Just just look at the what is it? PMA, positive mental attitude. People. There you go. Yeah, positive exactly mental right. outlook on your favorite television show and and it's exactly and it's a fair point to say that that i mean i know that i have had times where you know i feel like i've come down really hard on a story and i'm like okay is it is it just because i'm looking at it critically because i'm on a podcast and we review episodes like it's what we do yeah am i just being too critical about it um you know, but I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think we've ever been like, oh, this is garbage. These people are trash, you know, or <laughs> I anything mean, like I that. know there have been episodes where we go, we recommend you do not watch this. Yes. Unless you're a completist. Yes. But that's always kind of the caveat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I think the it, it's a very small number of episodes we would just be like, yeah, just steer clear of yeah. this one. I don't think I don't you think know? it's really um it's really happened with us. So but anyway, we we appreciate the compliments and uh once again, congratulations 400. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Very impressive landmark and I I'm I'm convinced we will get there someday. We will. Um and God only knows what episode they'll be up to by then. Oh jeez. I <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, and they're pretty much solid weekly. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. You would have it, to be. It's 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 rare that it's like oh they miss a week. So yeah, and I mean we even um I, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even be to two hundred by now if we didn't do it weekly for so long. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh well. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let us move on to this week's episode, which was Frontios, starring Peter Davidson as the Doctor, Janet Fielding as Tegan. Mark Strickson is Turlo. I have some words. Uh, <laughs> and John Gillett as Gravis. It was written by Christopher Bidmead and directed by Ron Jones. It first aired January 26th to February 3rd, 1984. I wasn't even a year old yet. And it is the third story of season 21. And we have some story notes from the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. Taylor, take it away. Indeed, indeed. Now we love a good working title. The working title for this story was The Wanderers. Um, they roam around, around, there, there around, was, around, around. There was a lot of wandering, yes. That yes, is, wandering through caves. But also, I guess, wandering through through the universe, I guess, is another yeah. thing. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I mean, yeah. We I, wandered I think, there. The Team yeah. TARDIS. Okay, all right. The cast also cited this uh, story as a favorite. Peter Davison actually went so far as to say that the script finally got hold of how I saw the part of the doctor. All right. Yeah. Mark Strickson thought it was clever and frightening. Gave him a chance to do some real acting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Yep. Okay. We'll so get uh, We'll get to it. We'll get there. Yep. It was originally intended that the tractator technology should incorporate human remains, but this was deemed too gruesome. This idea, however, was taken up with the girl in the fireplace. Um, I, you know what? I love the idea they went with. Yeah. I think that is more frightening than, I mean, Uh, gruesome I get by just run by human, human remains, but this is a lot more frightening. Yeah. I, I will absolutely agree with that. Um, okay, now get ready for this next show. Now, because this this blew my mind when I read it. So the producers intended to remove the TARDIS from the show completely and create the impression that the Doctor and his companions were stuck at the end of the universe. Um, what? After, yeah, yeah. Now, granted, in the episode, they they do kind of do that. Now, I, I, when I first read this this story note, I thought that they were going to remove the TARDIS from the show, which actually is because there's a sentence I haven't read yet. After uh, after uh, Gravis repaired the TARDIS in part four, the idea of removing the TARDIS from the show was scrapped. This is this is wild. Yeah. Like, how do you have Doctor Who without the TARDIS? I mean, granted, we did have Doctor Who without the Sonic, but... And that's fine. Yeah, but this is the like... Sonic isn't your mode of transportation. Yeah, the, I mean, the TARDIS is how you start and end stories. Yes, like it is a, I guess, a plot device in some in some ways. We land TARDIS. TARDIS doesn't want to move. We go explore 
danger happens. TARDIS works the end. Yes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you put that on Facebook a shirt. And... Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. We broke, okay. We broke the show. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, this is. That's I, wild. Look, yeah. I'm like, if, if you're looking for ways to zhuzh up uh, uh, Doctor Who at this point, Ditching the TARDIS is not the way to do it. That is that is not the business. Not and at it, all the it's, way to do it's it. so funny because you mentioned that and when, when the TARDIS exploded, I went, Wow, yeah. how are they gonna get out of this one? And apparently yeah. they thought, Wow, we're not gonna get out of this one. There'd be no TARDIS anymore. <laughs> but I actually I thought it was pretty clever how they did it. I mean Oh yes, absolutely. Was, you know, we'll talk more about it, but that yeah. was all right. So there is a a character in this story named Cockrell. Um, he is, uh, I think, episode three. He's a guy who basically like gets like exiled from the colony, right? And then he comes back with like a ragtag bunch of mercenaries. Yes, and he's chomping a cigar, saying, "I love it when the plan comes to." No, 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 no. That's a different show, right? Um, so the actor who uh, played Cockrell. Um, apparently there were a, a number of different actors, uh, even more than I have listed in the story notes, uh, considered for this role. I only put in mostly names that I recognized. Some of them will surprise you. Okay. Okay. Jim Broadbent, Tom Chadbond. Tom Chadbond. Tom Chadbond. That name better ring a big fat bell in your head, John Pingle. Nope. What? <laughs> It Our does. patron saint. Oh, oh my goodness! I looked up yes. that. So I looked up his real name, and I just I was like, "This person doesn't look familiar." To, familiar <laughs> to me. There he we, is. We yeah, you got Duggan as Cockerel. Uh, that would have been. I, I would have been fine with that. Right. Oh my goodness! What? Right. I uh, feel like Terry Malloy is is a name I recognize. Well, yes, be, because he's Davros. Yeah. What? What is yeah. happening? Yeah. Uh, Tony Asoba, Edward Peel, Donald Sumter, who would later in Modern Who go on to play Rassilon. Oh, my goodness. And Stephen Yardley were all considered for Cockrell. Well, I mean, I, th- I, th- I don't know. As I mean, long the- as it wasn't David Bowie again, then I'd be upset. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the guy who played him did a great job. Oh, yeah. I liked it, but when I saw just some of the names... I mean, you they, throw Duggan in there. This is a this is a this is a five star story, right? He's just like I, I. He's just like I got all the machinery I need, and just starts punching giant bug creatures. Wow! That yeah. oh man, they gotta I go back. Wait. They gotta Holy. lose this footage and reanimate it with Duggan. Oh wow, that would be exciting. <laughs> that would be exciting. Um, well, lastly, in terms of, of story notes, so we can actually get on to talking about the story, Peter Davison and Eric Sayward both criticized the slowness of this story on the DVD commentary, arguing that the story could have been concluded in half the time. Wow. What an interesting I- observation from <laughs> our doctor about classic who. Hmm. And pacing. I don't, I don't. Crazy. Was that? Um. Bad? I I'm on the fence. I mean, maybe a little bit, but there've been stories with way worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So anyway, 
take that for what you will. I I will indeed, and I will also, sir, take a world famous synopsis from you. So if you will take it away. Oh, good, because I have one right here, because the Dr. Tegan and Turlo inadvertently land on Frontios, one of the last outposts of humanity deep in the future and maybe just down the road from Utopia, you know, just saying. Um, There they find a failing colony besieged by falling meteorites and disappearing bodies. What exactly is causing all this calamity? The answer will leave you scratching your head and wondering exactly who's your crawdaddy. Hey, crawdaddy's real hard to open. It's Are not, they? It's not even worth it, folks. If I'm being no. if I'm being honest, just Be honest. when you go there, get the shrimp instead. Honestly, and it's funny because we actually had a, a, like a jambalaya for dinner tonight. Anyway, oh man, yeah, that sounds so good. Okay, so overall th- feelings, Taylor. What did you think here? Um, it was, it, it's a, it's a good story. It, it's fairly solid. It's got familiar tropes. In fact, I, I don't know if it's just the impending election, but some of the slightly more authoritative authoritarian, uh, themes I was kind of bristled at. Mm. Um, and I don't think that it was necessarily a function of the story. I think it's necessarily a function of the, the times in which we are living at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I, I mean, I know I said it a couple minutes ago, I, I like how they kind of both, uh, use and then later explain the, the quote unquote destruction of the TARDIS. Like yeah. I thought that was, that was unique. That was something new. I think for me, I, I do agree with our doctor. This could have used a little better pacing. I don't know if half the time, like with classic who, if it's, if it's two episodes, I'm happy when, you know, I'm, you know, don't want to watch seven episodes yeah I, I i don't want them all to be two episodes i like three i think is is good i think three would have benefited this story a lot it would have been a lot more solid in my opinion mm, um, i'd agree with that so i mean i love <laughs> i love that i just keep calling them giant bugs but i know that's not what they are but um our bug creatures were great our um, tater tots Yes, the burnt tater tots. <laughs> Jeez. Um, good, good stuff there. The TARDIS, losing the TARDIS was interesting, and how we got it back was even more interesting. Yeah, I um, agree. And I liked the guys getting sucked into the ground effect. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff here. I also really liked range i really enjoyed yeah how he was just completely done with everything yeah he's like yeah you i don't got the time for this you could tell pretty quickly that this was a a colony kind of up against the ropes oh yeah you know they they were struggling to begin with um and those who were not the people like right at the top in power kind of calling the shots you know People, people like range, you know, they, they knew that like, nah, nah, this is, this is a bunch of BS and I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I do want to talk about, I'm going to go off. I'm going to switch our, our little bullet points here. So I apologize. The first thing I want to talk about is Taylor, how many of the set pieces were actually old laser tag arenas? How many do you think? Um, and was it all of them? Because I think it might have been this it, as time went on. And we even had glow sticks in, in the yes. 
it was, and that's not to say I didn't like the sets. I thought they looked interesting, but they just looked eerily familiar. Down to the, there's one where we're down with the our bug friends, and they're like, oh, this is the command center, and they just have a carpet that has, like, swirly lines. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm like, I'm like, do I aim at the ceiling in the center here and shoot shoot above to to blow up the command center? Is that what happens in this room? <laughs> it was wild. I, I could not believe how neon and it, it was just like, let's throw paint on this. That's basically yep. what it looked like. They, I completely agree. I actually, I really do love the sets uh, in this story. Um, they 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 feel rough. They feel lived in it it feels like a crashed yeah um so so i mean hats off to that um but yes i also as soon as you said that yeah dude this totally looks like a like an old laser tag or a paintball right now like i can totally see that yes i can but i have to completely 100 percent agree with our glow stick lanterns Literally oh being ballistic lanterns down to the point where like, oh, you've got to shake them up a little bit. Yes. I'm like, well, of course you do. They're glow sticks. And also they explode. Well, <laughs> which thankfully glow sticks don't actually do. <laughs> yeah. And when when the doctor initially throws it, because I believe Tegan is stuck in a tractor beam. I think that. No, uh, no, no, no. No, no. Other way around. Tegan yes. throws it because the doctor is struck. Sorry, stuck in a tractator beam. Yes, and I went. Gee, she threw that right at him. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and for those of you uh, who have looked at our podcast podcastica account today, I'm sorry. In my mind, it's actually 9:44 p.m., not 8:44. Oh yeah, we had daylight savings too. We folks. had daylight savings times, and I'm like, I don't know words anymore. Um, I the reaction of the tractators to this exploding lantern. Oh, they scatter. It's great. As they, as they are running around, flapping their little crawdad hands. It's amazing. Um, it's hilarious. And so you, you will see that I, I used the account and tweeted out, how excited are we to talk about Frontios tonight? We're about this excited. This excited. And, it, and it's just, it's just that, that, especially that one in the middle, just running around like, ah, I'm excited. That's <laughs> great. Well, Good stuff. I can't, I can't let you be the only one doing doing gifts. No, no, please. Yeah, please take my gifts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the set pieces. I think you make a good point there. They because I just looked at them and I went, "Wow, what a what a laser tag factory we've built here." But yeah, it, it is supposed to be a crashed, air, you know, spacecraft, mm-hmm. and they're just you know doing their best here. It just it was a it was. I really wish we had more like overall set pictures. I'm sure they exist somewhere, but I would love mm-hmm. to just see a wide shot of like what was next to what in these. Oh yeah. I think that would be so fun. And also I will say when they were quote unquote outside, I legitimately bought that they were outside. Mm-hmm. I, I know they weren't, but um, very cool. Yeah. Uh, great. Great sets in this. That is 100% for sure. Yeah. My next question I have <laughs> is, did I miss something with the coat rack? Because Tur- Turlo picks up this coat rack to defend the doctor against, I'd say, about seven or eight people that have guns. 
and they yeah. lose their minds. Like they are right. like, we don't know how to defend against this man with a coat rack. Okay. Did I miss something? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. I think so. Um, now, obviously, at the very beginning of the story, we've got the doctor kind of, I don't know, flustered by something, trying to find either, I can't remember if it was a second coat rack. He's trying to redecorate. Or, it's very yeah. strange. Like he's just he's like reorganizing. Yeah. This, I think, is the same hat rack that has probably been in the TARDIS. Um, um, since the beginning, it's now painted white for some reason. Yes. Um, and so obviously we, we get that early kind of like, you know, if, if, if you're going to show a gun in act one, you better use it by act three kind of Chekhov thing. Yeah. So here we are in act one and we see this coat rack being used. They decide to bring it back after They've uh, gone outside. The TARDIS has been apparently destroyed. Somehow the hat rack survives. Yes. Hell of a hat rack. And I think, I think when Turlo picks it up from where it is, it like it either hits something and, and causes that something to spark. Yes. Right. Yes. Now remember these humans are deep in our future, right? These humans have helmets yes they may not have hats they may not have anywhere to hang a hat. so they they just don't know they don't know what a coat rack is. okay and so when they see that it sparks or that that it causes a spark you make this connection of like oh this is a weapon gotcha and it's the only and thing so, that survived so it must right. be pa- okay and so him which i think is hilarious it is it is absurdist in, in such a great degree. Right, because even the doctor can, goes, all right, this bit's gone on long enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dial, dial it back, Turlo. Dial it back, Turlo. He's like, no, no. I'm going to make them pay. Um, but yeah, it, it's hilarious. But that that's that's kind of where this whole, like, you know, here's our mundane thing, and we're we're fooling the locals. Because why not? Go a thousand years in, in, in our future. Are we going to know what a hat rack is? True. True. Probably not. So... Man, I've got a lot of issues with Turlo during this. Um, yeah, let's 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 work through this. Lay down on the couch here, John. Tell me what. Tell me. Tell me what you're feeling. I think the main issue is. I, I guess that I get that he was possessed or something, and I kind I kind of wanted to go back and be like Turlo. You've seen more traumatizing things than a giant bug. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I know you know he's he was um. Uh, I don't know, having an out of body experience or something. Um, I, he does go a bit catatonic at times. Yeah, he like he goes cat like that's why I find it so weird that the actor's like, yeah, I really got to act in this. I'm like, dude, you just st- well, st- stared off the camera. But but yeah, for for a good portion of that particular episode too. But but you do under understand like like the backstory. It's not like he's just wigging out because you know here here are these like crawdad meat uh um one of them has a, well, we'll get to it we'll get to with it. with like the face of of what's that character from star wars nian, oh. nian or something yes. they, they all kind of have that face yes uh, which is totally weird to me but like it's not just that these creatures like infested his home planet wow i missed that you what yeah i completely missed that my gosh, was hashtag Henson little pup distracting you during like episode three? I mean, I guess so. Maybe I was. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well then, there you this go. This is, and for some, for some 
reason. Now, this wasn't as clear to me, the why, but this was all kind of like repressed in him somehow. Like he had either forgotten about it or it's something that like happened to his planet way in the past. And it was like some sort of like deep seated race memory. Like it wasn't really clear to me at least. Um, But yeah, Turlo flips out because he recognizes these creatures as having like basically ravaged his home world. Wow. I, uh, I did not catch that. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, so that that kind of explains things a little bit better, right? But yes, but okay. I will say my my Turlo is dumb, right? Is from <laughs> if he like, and now this kind of makes my point, in my opinion, a little stronger. If he knows what these these crazy crawdaddies can do, why is he walking towards the machine that could take a hold of him? Uh, and thus putting one of our one of our people in danger, and he ends up yes. dying and becoming one. It's like uh, if you are so traumatized, why would you you'd be like, "Hey, I my my friend uh, Jim was in one of these things. I should go look at it real close." Right? Yeah. No, I I absolutely get that, and I don't I don't know that we get a clear description of it in the story. Um, as to like why anybody might be attracted. Yeah, I don't think there was. It kind of did. It didn't feel like there was a because nobody else was like no. And there, I think other people had approached it before he did. So yeah, uh, and no, and, and also those, those little wiry tentacles will kind of reach out and yeah, reach out and grab you, which I thought was kind of a cool and, effect. But yes, it was. It was very cool. I really those practical effects were were great. But I mean, the guy they removed from it wasn't like, no, don't remove me from the thing I like. He was <laughs> like, get me out of here. Yeah. So that yeah, seemed a little I, like weird. It, it it is, and and it could be something where, um, like you know how sometimes the the target novelizations of a story kind of have the, the the freedom to kind of flesh out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of these things. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there actually is a reason in there, but it's it, it is, you're right. It is not clear in the story. Um, it seems very weird, and yet then then there's the the awkward shuffle of, of no, get back from that. Oh, help, now I'm trapped in this. Yeah, yeah that was... Honestly, it, it, I... I get why they did it just because it is a kind of like very like ugh kind of scene. Yeah. But I, it felt very unneeded because didn't that guy just explode? Um, did he? I, cause yeah, they went, my, no, our machine. Oh yes. I think you're right. So, I mean, I don't know. It just felt kind of weird, like unnecessary to have him do just like, well, we need to kill this character. That's just well, me probably. And, but you know what? But at the same time, he he was one of the characters who was generally kind of like, you know, we need to cover this stuff up, right? You know, don't, don't question don't question my authority, um, and so he he's automatically a character that w- is designed for us not to like, expendable. and so in, he's expendable, and and he's a character who gets a sort of comeuppance, right? Uh, in in that sense, so it, it may be kind of playing both of those. Yeah. But then it's just like, take the time to kind of choreograph the whole like, <laughs> I'm going to save you, but I'm going to fall into this chair and sit down comfortably, kind of thing. It's just yeah, 
you know, it just comes across as a little, a little flimsy. Yeah, just a, just a little bit there. But yeah, I mean, I think um, I don't know if it. To me, I get, I get it, but I, I don't know if it was, if it was completely necessary. But I mean, frightening nonetheless. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think. There was something in that area of the discussion that I wanted to further upon, and I can't remember what it was. I mean, I guess just that machine in general is insane. I remember what it was because we we have trapped in the first one we see, which is a great. Uh, we had some great cliffhangers here too, by the way. Yes, yeah, I mean, there were some there were some good ones, definitely. We had the TARDIS being destroyed, which was the very first one. Then. <laughs> The doctor being captured by the everlasting gobstopper, uh, the purple by, by the purple haze, if you will, all through my brain. <laughs> and then we had the reveal of uh, Captain Revere in the machine, yeah, just powering it with his his husk of a body. Yeah, and that was great. Like I, this is a very just frightening device they use. And totally, and he he looks. I mean, he looks suitably like ashen and and pale and and kind of lifeless. Oh, you yeah. know, so yeah, the whole husk thing because they they just need its mind. Yeah, I think the other thing that I really did enjoy about this story is the like you mentioned the cover up aspect to where mm-hmm. I believe they find Captain uh, they find his journal, Captain Revere. They find his his journal, right? Yeah, where he's like, "Oh man, there's some messed up giant bugs down here." Talk to you later, love, Captain Revere. I don't know how he signs his journal, but um, <laughs> hearts over the eyes. Yeah, and I did like that. It was like you knew about it. Like I did like the the conspiracy cover up mm-hmm. going on, and I love that um, our crawdaddies are trying to use the planet like a lift. And just, <laughs> yeah, like, that that is such a wild idea. Like here here are these. Like in in giant intelligent shrimp um, yes. with faces and ears, and and they can control gravity. And and what they do is they they basically take over a world and turn it into a ship. Yeah, which is wild. And then they I mean, just move on to the next one. Let's be honest; it's the ultimate pirate planet. That is one hundred percent correct. <laughs> it is the ultimate pirate planet. Oh man, they're jealous. I know it. Well, they'd be jealous of the 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 captain's like eye thingy. Yeah, I love that thing so much. Um, but yeah, that it, that that's such a. I love it. I love it as an idea. Like that that I I don't think I've seen Frontios since I was a kid. Yeah, this was you said that when I, I yeah. put it on here. So this this for me is is almost coming to it fresh, and and don't get me wrong. I mean. The 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 Peter Davison era theme is is you know the the theme of my my childhood yeah. um, because I I've watched so much of it on PBS growing up but Frontios is one of those that I I know I have not seen in decades yeah um, so this very much is coming to it fresh you know I kind of recognized some elements of it but the whole overall story. And what they're all doing and how it ends and everything. I have no memory of it at all. So this is like seeing it fresh. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they, they really had some good ideas. They had a lot of good execution. Eh, yeah, 
could they have done the story in three rather than four and have it be a bit tighter? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't get me wrong. I really had hoped that Captain Revere had uh, closed the the underground case because of goblins, but it wasn't goblins. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was. It was, it was giant crawdad people. All almost, almost, but not really. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, we didn't really. We haven't really spoke about the the effects they used to have people be buried alive basically or you know drug through the floor right and yeah i mean i i really did like the initial effect when they are you know kind of sinking into the ground and then i love that they went yeah we shouldn't really bury him with dirt let's use some effects and i think they mm-hmm. did they did the trick yeah i liked it um it was i don't know there's there's something about kind of getting pull down into the ground that I think triggers something primal. Oh yeah. In us, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think they used that in the story effectively to kind of just kind of, kind of yeah. make your skin crawl a little bit. I will say <laughs> there's one point where I, I cannot remember who is getting drug underground, but he's like, help me. And there's <laughs> 12 dudes just standing there. He's like, hey, man, can you, like, help me out? The ground is eating me. And they just all are like, nah, we're good. Don't worry, don't worry about it. But they, they also don't look shocked that a man is being drugged underground. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I, very weird. It is. It is, definitely. All right, we need to talk about our, our shrimpy crawdaddy friends because these costumes are absolutely wild. Aren't they? The, like, so we have our kind of, like, um, our drones who are purple mm-hmm. and they don't talk, but they have like ears and a mouth, like a proper mouth and eyes. Yeah. And then we have our fearless leader who speaks and he has a nose. That's his other, that's his differentiating. He has like a full on face. So the first time I saw one of these creatures, I went, Oh, do they drag people underground and then mutate them into these things? Oh, interesting. Okay. That's what I thought was happening, especially when um our the leader of of the planet um oh my goodness. Uh what's his name? Plant uh Plantagenet. Plantagenet, who was a character I was like, "Oh, here's the villain." And then I went, "Oh, he's not that bad." <laughs> especially when he when he gets shot or whatever happens, um I'm like, "Oh, he's like got shot with some mutant thing." Mm, I, didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really because I'm like he can't shoot him with this coat rack. What's going on? <laughs> what the coat rack doesn't? Oh, apparently, apparently not. But I, I mean, I did, I did enjoy. I mean, they do look very silly, but they do look like really creepy too. They do. I kind of wonder what, like, what did they base? Why were they like it needs a human face? What did they I, base that off of? I don't know. Do I don't know. I. I do you think it, it? Sorry. Do you think it could be that they evolved into this because it it does seem like they've been at this for a while? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's just like a weird choice. Oh, it's completely a weird choice. But uh, I mean, it sounds if I remember what is said in the story is that the Tractators have been on Frontios for something like 500 years. 
So they've been they've been here for a while. They've been there for a while. I don't believe the colony ship has been there nearly as long. All right. Um, because after 500 years, like, let's say they had been there 500 years, the colony ship, you would have, they'd either not make it. Right. Or they would have set up more of, um, more civilization. Oh, okay. Than what they had. I, I think they, they'd only been there, um, you know, a handful of years at most. Mm, It's that. Okay. Um, but, Obviously, just because the the tractators had also ravaged Turlo's planet, yes, you know we're, we're definitely talking you know uh, longer lifespans. And if they had evolved or mutated at all, would Turlo had recognized them? That yeah, that's actually very true. That's very um, true. so these these are obviously a another species they they know of the Time Lords. Yes, which is also when they hear about the TARDIS, then yeah. it's like, oh, oh, you got one of them. Well, it exploded, it. and then I mean, this is such a brilliant plan to put the TARDIS back together and then transport these dudes to a different planet. Yes, because uh, apparently, when you when you separate Gravis or or you know like your lead tractator, yes, from the drones, the drones just go dormant, basically. Yeah. They don't have their powers anymore. So that's basically what they did. They they lured him into the what was the TARDIS console room. And he went, no, don't take my TARDIS. It's not ready. And then he's <laughs> like, I'll show you. It was it was very good. I think like this is, this is a very funny plan. Don't. It's the only thing I have left. Don't take it, please. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Gravis puts it back together. And then they just dump him off somewhere, and we're we're good to go. Yep, they go they go find a planet somewhere. And I love that we actually see that, like like Turlo actually for some reason stays behind. Tegan and the Doctor are like, well, we're gonna go, we're gonna go find a completely empty planet somewhere, which of course is never a perfectly completely empty planet because planets are alive. Um, yeah, and and drop this dude off so he can chill and yeah. I don't know, look at the stars or whatever. Yeah, and then you, you actually in the story the TARDIS comes back to pick up Turlo and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's, you don't see that every story. And I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. And I think the other reason is because Turlo was like, I'm not getting on the TARDIS with that. Yeah, probably. It's like, nah, I'm good. That's fair. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. Don't worry about it. But I, I love, I loved seeing the whole kind of like TARDIS set kind of, Oh yeah, with the broken rock. up yeah. and with the rock and everything. I'm like that. I've I don't I can't think of a single story where I've seen something quite like that. I mean, the only thing that comes close, I assume, would be the doctor's wife. Yes, that would probably be the only thing that comes close, it's like super close, but not not yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, but th- this this was just a neat idea. So even if they had like. Oh, we're getting rid of the TARDIS completely, and it's like, well, honestly, we get to the end of the story, we we kind of have to put it back together. It's, yeah, because what do well, you do? I don't know. I would have loved to be in on that writer's room. Like, you want to get rid of the TARDIS? What are you talking about? Yeah. What do you do? Like, yeah. where? Do, what is the show? I mean, precisely. Gr- granted, the, I mean, I guess the devil's advocate thing would be like, well, the third Doctor d- didn't technically have his TARDIS for a little while. Well, yes, but we're not going to spend the rest of season twenty-one stuck on Frontios. Yeah, because that would be that would be ridiculous. A bit, 
I mean, unless for some reason they actually got Frontios running as a ship. I don't know. Maybe. And the doctor is piloting this planet. Pilot planet. Ah, I see what you did there. All right. Uh, Taylor, do you, do you have anything else? I, you words? know, I'm trying to think. I mean, they're, I kind of loved slash hated the flute since <laughs> we got through for, yeah, for yeah. Uh, some of the music. Right. Um, I liked, I liked the doctor's glasses. I like these kind of like half moon spectacles going on. Yeah, for those are cool. Um, I thought that was neat. Um, I think it was hilarious that the doctor is ragging on Tegan as if she's an android secretary in episode four. Oh, my God. yes. That was funny. Like, I'm like, I can just see like Tegan going like, doctor, so help me. Yeah. To God, I slug you. Um. There were, oh, I swear there was one other thing I wanted, I saw in my, I don't know. I don't know. Must not be important. Glow sticks. Yeah, glow sticks. Glow sticks. Well, I guess, uh, would you recommend this story? Um, honestly, I think I would. You know, I think I would too. I mean, it is a little slow, but I think just the the all of the backstory they did just to make it feel feel like a a bigger deal. Yeah. Uh I appreciate even though I apparently missed one of the biggest reasons. <laughs> but now yeah. that I know that it goes, "Oh, this makes a whole lot more sense why he was out of his mind." Right. But and I also think the way they dupe uh Gravis is great. Mm-hmm. And it's got like some creep factor as well. So, yeah, I mean, I I would yeah. recommend this. I don't think it's I don't think it's a story that would end up in any sort of, you know, top 10 lists. No. For me, but they do some stuff in the story and with this story that I don't think I've seen anywhere else in Doctor Who and for that, yeah, it's worth checking out. There you go. All right. Here we go. I've got all the machinery I need. Stand back. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. All right, let's let's go through everything that I can remember. Um, we have, um, oh my goodness, what do we have in here? Oh, we have a bunch of guys beating up one of our crawdad bugs. We yes. have um, the throwing of the secret of the ooze on the ground. It explodes. That's another thing that happens. Uh, the uh, mach- there's, go ahead. Go ahead. The machine explodes at the end. Yep. And then. You got to remind me. I don't know if I can remember. There, there, there's a scene where um, uh, Range's daughter, whose name escapes me at the moment, um, is like I don't know, chopping up mushrooms or something, and like the least sneaky guy in the world, like oh, sneaks yes. into where she is, and then there's a tussle, and like another sneaky guy comes in through the same like window slash tube slash whatever that is. Oh yeah, he comes, and in. there's a bit of a fight scene. That yes, there's a bit of a fight scene there too. Also, that scene I found vaguely hilarious because that first guy comes through and he's like, "Ha ha! I'm going to eat all your cheese while I hold you at gunpoint." Yeah, right. I thought that was very. I don't know why I was like, "This is very funny for some reason." Yes, and then they get into a fight, and then I, I can't really remember if there's anything else. I mean, I'm just going to go three and a half. That's where I'm. Yeah. Going. Okay. I, I'm again. That might be I, too much. I'm, but... No, I'm. I'm a little bit more on the four range. I mean, the um, 
the fight scenes were decent. You know, you don't see any missed punches. Right. Um, what what is there is is decently done, but there's nothing that is like, oh my god, you know, knock your socks off, kind of. Yeah. I mean, maybe if Tom Chadbot had played Cockroach. Oh, he would have been punching Crawdaddy's left and right. <laughs> right? It would have been amazing. You know? So I'm 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 kind of a little closer to four All right. is what I'm feeling. And and it's not like we can count the fact that this entire colony got a uh, a hat rack as a gift to the last they humanity did. is you know um, anything. I you, before before you push the button you would normally push next. Um, I, I realize we haven't necessarily come up with reasons to use them, but I did send two new soundboard clips to you, and oh, I, yeah. I, I kind of just want to hear them. All right, all right, all right. You, Maybe you kind of just want me to uh... get on with it. Yes, yes, I do. Obviously, if one of us is getting long-winded, we can always use that one. Yes. Um, and and the other one just was too perfect. The moment I heard it, I'm like, okay, this this has to become a new feature in here. It's this one. It's tearing me apart. Uh, and and for some reason, all I could think is Tommy Wiseau in the room. Well, that's what I thought when I saw the name of the yes. file. I went, "Oh, we're, yes. are we using this now? All right, that's fine." No, because Turlo went there first. He did way, way first. Uh, uh. and strangely enough, and strangely enough, hello, Mark works because it's Mark Strickson. That's true. Oh, hi, Mark. All hi, right, Mark. here we go. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the scale. <laughs> All right, what do we got? We got people being sucked into the earth, um, not willingly. Yeah. Uh, we have people whose bodies are just being used as part of machinery, and it's quite frightening. And then the wires in this machine are also alive, apparently. Yes, we have just the sight of the of our shrimp crawdaddy bugs, <laughs> and I think that's everything that was very frightening. That's that, those those are certainly the high points. I mean, it and I realized when I wrote the note, I said it's not terribly scary, and and I think I mean that is in the sense that it's not it's not like a horror episode. It's not it's not an episode with like jump scares. Yes. Um, so it's not scary in that sense, but it definitely is creepy. Um, you know, the tractators, they, they are, they're definitely weird looking. They're a little creepy, but they're also the floppy monster variety. Yes. So, so, I mean, I think especially if, you know, if you're thinking about younger viewers, they may not look at them and be terrified. They might look at them and go, oh, those are kind of weird guys. <laughs> Why are they so floppy? You know, <laughs> yeah. why, why do they run like they're happy when, when a glow stick is just exploding? <laughs> um, um, but then you get stuff like, oh, we're using people for their mind power and we're just like integrating them with machines. And that's pretty morbid. 100%. And, and, and obviously, like, you know, like I said, you know, you, you, you see someone getting pulled into the ground and, and that does trigger kind of something primal in you of like, no, 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 that's not right. We don't belong under the ground. We belong above the ground. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, this is actually, this is almost kind of a good episode to kind of watch around Halloween. Yeah. 
Uh, if you want to get something that's a little skin crawly going on. Absolutely. All right, Taylor. Yes. What are we watching next time? All right. Well, I started to go, oh, I should go hunting around for an episode. And then I realized that not too long ago, you know, we realized that we had not watched The Ark in Space, the story before the Sontaran experiment. Yes. And so I figured, what the heck? Let's watch The Ark in Space. There you go. And that's starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Liz Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, Ian Martyr as Harry Sullivan. It was written by Robert Holmes and directed by Rodney Bennett. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. I've seen stills from this for. There there will be a green bubble wrap available for everyone once this uh, episode premieres. Absolutely. That sounds great. Love it. (laughs) All right. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice. And you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Blue Box UFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica, rate and review us as well. Uh, Also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Taylor, it's um, the 2nd of November. It is. Uh, Do you want to tell the people about If Memory Serves? Oh, yeah. Well, we're not recording until this coming Friday. So that's that's why there's not a new episode in your feeds already, because I know you're all subscribed. Thank you so much. I know you're not. It's okay. Um, But (laughs) it's uh, November. So we're going to be talking about some of our Thanksgiving memories uh, and and some of our memories of going down um, to what was at one time our aunt and uncle's uh, property down in the uh, California town of Porterville. Oh, uh, right. So if you are familiar at all with kind of the southern uh, bit of the Central Valley, uh, you may know the town of Porterville. If not, get ready for a lot of great memories that have been coming up. Seb's been doing some amazing research uh, for this one, so this this will be good. We're planning on recording that this Friday, so we'll probably have it out sometime over the weekend is my plan. There you go. Uh, notlg.spreadshirt.com patreon.com slash notlg but story remains the same people if you have a local shop that you really enjoy support them any which way you can retweets shares just you know giving them money for their services yeah definitely i mean it doesn't look like uh COVID is backing off anytime soon. If anything, it's getting worse out there. So, yeah. you know, if you are in a position to to help an independent business, uh, help an independent artist uh, stay that way, you know, please do. Uh, I'd say don't worry about us too much. We're doing okay. Yeah. Um, but, hey, if you're in the mood for some merch, we won't stop you either. No, we will not. All right. So that's it for us this time. Join us again next time when we talk about the Ark in Space. And we'll see you guys then. See ya. There we go. <laughs> I missed the record <laughs> push, button by the just button. that much. <laughs> missed it by that, that much. much. Thank you, Don Adams. <laughs> All right, here we go.